Today we're continuing this month in our series entitled Freedom from Fear. Freedom from Fear. Being free and liberated from fear. Last week I gave you a definition <clears throat> of the word fear. And I'm going to go in a little bit different direction. I want to, I want to do a, a little review from last week and then have a couple things I want to say. Just driving some more points home concerning fear and how fear operates. But the definition that I gave you last week of fear is a strong emotion caused by anticipating danger. And, and I, want to add, I want to add to that word danger that it's also fear is an, antip, an anticipation of death. And today we're going to talk about the fear of death. And I'm not going to get ahead of myself and, and do any more explaining, but I want you to think about that. And I really want you to follow in me. I'm going to, give a, I'm going to go over a couple of scriptures that we talked about last week. And then, and then you really need to pay attention what I want to say to you about the fear of death. Because <clears throat> there's something about that that is the key to living victorious day to day on planet Earth. Being free from the fear of death. So last week we talked, and, and I'm just going to read uh, a couple of verses here. We talked about in 1 John 4, I'll just read these two verses. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears is not made perfect in love. He who fears is not perfected in love. We love him because he first loved us. And in a nutshell, what we talked about, we went in more detail, but what we talked about was that the love he's talking about to us is not how well we love other people, first and foremost. Because the scripture that I just read said, we love him because he first loved us. When I know how much he loves me, I will love other people that don't deserve it. I'll say it again. When I learn how much he loves me, then I will love others even that don't deserve it. The Bible's real clear. It's one thing to love people that are good to you, but it's another thing to love people that are not. But I'm just telling you right now, you're not good enough to love unlovely people. I was on the highway yesterday afternoon, evening, and two semis were side by side, kind of going like this, for 15 minutes. And I wasn't happy. In fact, I was really not happy because they were only driving about 65 miles an hour and I could have gone a little bit faster. And as I'm, as I'm there, and you, can, if you could ask my wife about this, but I've had some days when I let certain pass, you know, drivers of other vehicles know how I felt about the way that they're horrible drivers. You know? They've never met me, and I've drive perfectly. 
Um, but as I'm, as, I, as I'm right behind those trucks, it's like God said to me, so is it worth it for you to get upset, get mad? You know, like, what are you going to do? You're going to go drive on the shoulder and pass them? <laughs> you know, I'll show those guys. Yeah. When you do the things like that, there's always a cop around. Always. You know? The cop wasn't there to get these guys to do what's right, but he's there to get you. You know what I'm saying? Always. I don't care. I don't care. It was just like God was saying to me, what's the deal? I mean, my wife's told me that for years. Just back off. So, okay, so it's going to take you an extra 10 minutes. Just back off. And I could hear God just say, just back off, control yourself, and, and things will happen. And, and as I did that, you know, I was, I was getting worked up, and as I heard that, I applied that, and they moved. Well, is it things going to work that quick every single time? I mean, not if you don't choose to do that. It's amazing what can happen when you choose to just walk in the love of God, just overlook that. But, but you'll never do that if you don't know how much that he's in your corner. You'll never do those things if you don't realize how much and the extent that he went to to liberate our lives and empower us with the ability to do whatever needs to be done on planet earth. He's empowered us. And he said here in this verse of scripture that it's that perfected love that we understand day to day how much he loved us is what delivers us from the fear of anything and everything. Can you say amen to that? <clears throat> but we have to believe it. Um, I'll just say this. When I know how much he loves me, I can do anything. There's no limitation in my life. When I'm living and operating and walking around every day of my life, aware and reminded of how much he accomplished for me. How much he loves me. How much he's in my corner. How much he's with me and will never leave me no matter what I, I deal with or go through. So it doesn't matter what comes. It doesn't matter what we've been through in the last four or five months in, in this country and around the planet. Not just one thing, but a number of things that have happened and, and tried to surface. It doesn't matter. I'll just tell you this. What's in the future? If somebody asks me, but what, what do you think's in the future? You know what I say? God! He's there. He's already there. You think he's shaking in his boots over the thing that are happening here? No. He's looking for his church to rise up, be who we're supposed to be, do what he says, and watch what happens and how things change and manifest in the earth. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, but he gave authority in the earth to the sons of men. And if we don't do our part, things just are like on pause. Things don't happen. God's already done everything he's going to do. He's not going to come down and fix something. He's already fixed it all. But what he's fixed doesn't get manifested in the natural if the church doesn't do their part. We have to have it. So we can't be afraid. Perfect love casteth out all fear. Can you say amen? <clears throat> now, 
Follow with me in, in these next few things that, that I want to mention to you concerning the fear of death, okay? <clears throat> I, I, I believe that the fear of death is the main issue in life that has to be overcome, the fear of death. Now, here's a real simple definition of death. There's many definitions, but this is going to, this came from the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, and so it's going to fit right into what I'm saying. It's the passing or destruction of something. Death is the passing or the destruction of something. Think about that as, as, as I outline this in these few scriptures here. <clears throat> but, but remember, the main issue in life that has to be overcome is the fear of death. And I defined, to, I defined what death I'm talking about in that simple little uh, definition. So let's, let's look at a couple of scriptures. Romans 5 and 12 says this. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sin. Now, that sounds like a horrible verse of Scripture. But what he's saying is this. What he, who he's talking about is Adam. Okay? He's talking about Adam. And he said, therefore, just as through one man, Adam, sin entered the world. Well, what sin was it that entered the world? What, 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 what did Adam do? Adam disobeyed God. Man, I tell you what. I'm believing you're going to catch what I'm fixing to tell you today. It's liberating my life like, like very few other truths have been liberating things inside of me. And it's gone to another level during this time of the pandemic and all the things that we were dealing with. Man, it's been one of the greatest times of my life this time because of the revelation of God that's gone through the roof with me. But <clears throat> Adam disobeyed God. I mean, Adam's got his wife, they're on their honeymoon, I mean, they can do all, I mean, everything is available to them, just don't do this. Do not eat the fruit of that tree. And the deception comes through Lucifer, he comes and he tempts them and they give in to that and they disobey. And what this scripture is saying right here is there, just as through one man, Adam, sin entered the world through his disobedience and death through sin. And thus death spread to all men because all sin. By one man's sin, death came. Now verse 15 says this. But the free gift is not like the offense. Watch this. For if by the one man's offense, which was Adam, many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. 
Now, when Adam disobeyed God and death, he sinned and death came. Did Eve die? Did she, did she die physically? Did she cease to exist? No. Did they have kids? Yes. Did, did, did creation begin after that? Yes. So he wasn't talking about ceasing to exist, dying physically. He was talking about being separated from God. The death that he's talking about here is, is a separation from life. God is life. And in him there's no darkness. There's no death. And when Adam sinned, when the one man sinned, then death entered and it spread to all of us. So we all face sin. We all face sin, but we face death. Let me show you a verse here that will complement this in a moment. By, by one, Jesus Christ, this death was destroyed. How many have been to a funeral in, in your life? You've ever been to a funeral? Raise your hand. Ever, anybody? You've ever been to a funeral? Raise your hand. Hey, keep your hand up. Everybody, raise your hand if you've ever been to a funeral. Okay. So what's the deal? I thought death stopped. No. No, physical death didn't stop. What, what stopped was the separation from God. Now we can be reconnected to that life when you accept Jesus into your life and you become born again, you're accepting and receiving the life and letting death know it has no authority over you. Now, most people don't know that when they get born again, but that's what we have the ability to do. If you've been saved for a very short period of time and you're hearing a message like this and you get a hold of that message, it'll save you a lot of trouble in your born-again life. It'll liberate you of all, from all kinds of things knowing that death has no dominion and victory over your life. I'm going to read that verse again in verse 15. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died, much more now the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded to many. What does that mean? There was a certain amount back there but now there's a huge amount now, and it's, and it's all shifted because when Jesus died, he died one time for all people. Before, after, whoever will live ever. He died one time for all of us. Now death has no more victory over you and I. Can you say amen? What is the definition of death? The passing or the destruction of something. Listen to me. When I read that definition right there, all I think about is no more destruction in my life. No destruction. Pastor, can you, can you claim that? Can you stand on that? If he said you can, you can. The verses of Scripture that I've just read, they're not just pretty little Scriptures. They're everything with God is literal. The one man, Adam, screwed it up for all of us. Maybe I shouldn't have said screwed it up. Anyway. Um, yeah, there we go. <laughs> the one man, Adam, messed it up for all of us, right? 
Now, through Jesus Christ, he's done more than just give us back what we have. We have the ability to have all of heaven living and manifesting in our lives on the earth. No death, no destruction. Now follow with me. Got another passage. I got, I'm going to read one, this one and then one more. And, 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 but I, I can't get ahead of myself because what I got to say at the end is the most powerful part of this message. Hebrews 2 and verse 14, just to drive my point home about the, about the fear of death. Verse 14. <clears throat> Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise, Jesus, shared in the same as we did. That through death, he might destroy him who had. Everybody say had. Everybody say had. What's that? In the past. Meaning he doesn't have it anymore. Watch this. He himself likewise partook of the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. Who is that? That is the devil. And release those, who are those? You and I, who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. What caused them to be in bondage? The fear of death. And what was, where did that fear of death originate from? What Adam did, he sinned in the garden, he disobeyed God. And in sinning in the garden, it separated them from God, and now the fear that they can't ever get back to God and be connected to God, and God can't help them. In other words, they're, in, they're on the planet, on their own, having to fend for themselves and try to figure everything out on our own. And that's what the devil works overtime. Even though he's defeated, he works overtime to convince people God can't do what God said he can do. That's why you have to take everything in Scripture so literal if you don't. You hear a message, oh yeah, that sounds good. You leave here and you find yourself in conversation and in expectation of things that want to bring destruction in your life and you have nothing to fight it with. You have nothing to resist it with. That's why your daily routine of the Word of God is so vital in your life, as you hear me talk about all the time. But he had that power of death, but he didn't have it anymore. Can you say amen? And I'll tell you this. Death is the root of all fear. Separation from God is the root of all fear. That is the root. And it started with Adam and Eve. And it's filtered itself down to this day and time. And I'm telling you today, we don't have to accept it. Now, <clears throat> look at 1 Corinthians 15, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to end my message. It'll take me a few minutes, but I'm going to end my message in, in a couple of passages here in the 15th chapter. So follow with me in this. <clears throat> now notice what he said here in verse 26. The last enemy that will be destroyed is what? death the last enemy <clears throat> <clears throat> 
Adam and Eve were not created to die. Now listen to me, follow me in this. Adam and Eve were not created to die. I've been at many, 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 many people's deathbeds and all of them are fighting to live or the majority of the ones that I've been at, the, at people's deathbed were fighting to live. And <clears throat> a number of people, even on their deathbed, overcame. Other people didn't, okay? We don't, we don't judge people for any of those kind of things. I'm saying, you are not created to die. And the last enemy, the last enemy that's put under our feet is death. Now I'm going to challenge you with something today that some of you will get it or some of you already understand it. Some of you it may rock your world a little bit, but meditate on it, what I'm going to challenge you with today. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. For he has put all things under his feet, Jesus. But for death in the natural to be defeated, the church has to accept what Jesus has done. Let me ask you this question. Is Jesus alive? Well, five of you believe that. <clears throat> I'm asking you, is Jesus alive? Okay. So death had no power over him. Has that ever happened with anybody else? Yeah, there's been some people raised from the dead, but they eventually left. Except the, you know, the other two in the Bible that were transported. But Jesus is alive. And where is he? He's at the right hand of the Father, sitting down in all authority, representing you and I. But you know where else he is? He's inside of me. Through the person of the Holy Spirit, He's inside of me. Death could not defeat Him. And what He's wanting you and I to get is that death can't defeat us either. Death physically or death or destruction in any area of our life. But what is what, what did I say earlier is the main issue that has to be overcome in this life. It's the fear of death. It's the fear of dying. Oh, I'm just so afraid that, you know, that I'm going to die. Well, okay, you are, but you don't have to be afraid of it. But there's something more to that that you see in verse 54. There's something more to this. Now, now watch this. This is real clear what he's saying here in verse 54. <clears throat> so when this corruptible has put on incorruption, our new glorified bodies, and this mortal has put on immortality in the presence of Jesus, then, he, then, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Now watch, watch this next verse. 
Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, hell, where is your victory? Almost like a taunting of the enemy. You know, death, come on. You can't do anything to me. Absence from the bodies in the presence of the Lord. Now, now, now follow me. I'm going to give you a challenge. Follow me on this. God wants you to live here like you will never die. He wants you to live here with an expectation that death is under your feet. Listen to me. The last, the last, death is the last enemy. Say this after me. Death is an enemy to God. Okay? That's the last enemy to be destroyed. It's under the feet of Jesus, so it's destroyed where he's concerned, but it has to get under our feet so it's destroyed where we're concerned. And what he wants is for you and I to live like we're never going to die. Listen to me. Jesus doesn't need you in heaven. Yeah, but Pastor, you know, I mean, everybody's going to die. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know, we've all been taught that. So you're saying we're not? I didn't say that. I didn't say that. What I said is, he wants us practicing living by faith and free from fear and giving death no place that's under the feet of Jesus, putting death under our feet. Notice what he said? He said, oh, death, where is your sting? Hell, what, what, where's your victory? What, what do you, you, you're trying to lie to us and tell us God can't do what his word said that he can do. You're, you're trying to convince us that you're more powerful than he is. You're trying to convince people everywhere, where's your sting? You can't do anything because you have nothing to back it up with. Just a pack of lies. Now watch this. The sting of death is what? Because we have a wrong mentality of sin. It's not the acts of sin. What's the sting of death? Disobedience. Did you hear what I just said? The sting of death is disobedience. Because it was the sin of disobedience that put mankind where it was not supposed to be. And Jesus took care of that. And all that's under his feet. And now he's saying, learn to live your life in obedience to my word and death and destruction will have no power over your life. <laughs> Man. The sting of death is sin, watch this, and the strength of disobedience is making a law out of something. Whatever you do in your flesh that is not pleasing to God, you'll never get free of whatever it is that doesn't please Him. Not, not people. People come and tell you, well, you're, you, you, if you're a Christian, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, shut up. Shut up. 
heck up. You know what I'm saying? Who are you, you know? You've arrived to be the judgment person of God, to tell people how they're supposed to live their lives? Listen, this is an iPad, but I'm saying this is my Bible right now. I'm saying in this word is everything that pleases him. Yeah, we, we're, we're to help people. We're to encourage people, help people to deal and focus on things that are not right in their life and help them to overcome. But at the end of the day, a person's going to do what they want to do. And you will not be obedient to the things of God without revelation of his word. That's why we have to help people. That's why we have to pray for people that the spirit of wisdom and revelation come alive on the inside of them so they can make right choices that please God. No matter whether you like it or not or like them or what they do or whatever. And you know, there's a lot of things that certain people do that I don't like or maybe things that I do that others don't like. I'm telling you, at the end of the day, you can't do a thing about it. Because they're going to do what they want. What we can do is pray, stand in the gap, and allow it to be working in our own lives, not telling people to do things that we're not even doing ourselves. No, no, notice what he said. The sting of, of, the sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. <clears throat> but thanks be to God who gives me the victory through my Lord Jesus Christ. What was that taunting statement? Oh, death, where's your sting? Hell, where's your victory? You don't have any. It's in Jesus Christ. My victory over death and destruction is in Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Now, <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. I did have one other verse of scripture, but this is what I'm going to read to you today. <clears throat> I'm going to read a list of things, and there's many 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 more but i want you to catch this because this is how you practice this every day there is the i know people that have never flown in an airplane why because they're afraid of what they're afraid of crashing and when you crash you die right fear of heights i was one of them one day, and uh, where, it, I, where I began to be set free of that is when I took a job for about six months roofing houses, putting new roofs on houses. <laughs> and the guys tell me to carry, you know, whatever across the roof, you know, and all there are are, are, are two befores, you know, that are lined, and I'm walking from two before to two before, and the other guy's like, he's taking off, like running over those two befores, and, and I'm going like, like this, and you know, I, and I hold him back, and I'm going, you know, so, so I figured, you know, if I'm going to work here, I got to get rid of this fear. Listen to me, how do you get rid of fear? Knowing how much God loves you. Yeah, but how's that going to deal with the fear of heights? You begin to take the word of God. You begin to apply the word of God to your life on a day-to-day -day basis. Thinking, Lord, you didn't give me fear. You didn't give me fear of walking on it. And I'm telling you, by the end of the time that I, that I quit, I didn't quit that job. I didn't get out of the job because I was afraid of heights. I overcame the fear, and then I had something else to do, like pastor this church. And <clears throat> so I, I did that, but I didn't quit the job because I was afraid of heights. I had to get over it. I couldn't let it stay with me, and it didn't happen in two weeks. Every day, Father, you didn't give me fear. You gave me power, love, and a sound and a well-balanced mind. I can do this. I can do all things through Christ. That's going two before, 
two by four. I can do all things or standing on the edge of it. I, I, you know, I mean, they tell me, okay, what does it look like right down there? Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> so I had to do this and get to the edge so I wasn't afraid of heights. Last time I was at the, last two times I was at the Empire State Building in New York City. No fear. Up against the edge. Looking where well, you can't get too close, but you know, you can kind of look over. No fear. Made myself. Go to the top. Made myself. Do it. I'm not letting the fear of I'm going to die control my life. Because Jesus overcame that, me too. Some people are really afraid of tight places. Don't raise your hand if you are. And it's real. Fear heights was a real thing. We're not an act. You don't get free from stuff trying to act like it's not a big deal. It's a stinking big deal. Right? Some people are afraid of the dark. Or dark places. Well, you can't go over there. Why? Well, ooh, you don't know what's in there. Yeah, I do. God. He's everywhere at all times, at all places. You know, that, that's, that's not just some little cliche. That's real. That's truth. He's everywhere. I don't have to be afraid of those kind of things. Some people are afraid of tight places. Some people are afraid of open spaces. Right? Some people are afraid of change. You're afraid of change? You'll get swallowed up. But you embrace change, you hear the voice of God, and you'll become part of the change. You'll help to set the tone in change as it comes. Things are changing in Kerrville and Kerr County, all the surrounding counties around us. Huh? In about a 250-mile radius of the Texas Hill Country, it's changing big time. Every time I drive into San Antonio, did they move that building in? I mean, that was just last week. In one week, they built a new building. I mean, it just seems that way. I mean, it's changing everywhere. If you're afraid of change, you'll get swallowed up. Because change happens, and it always happens. Can you say it? Some people are afraid to grow old. There you go. You don't have to be. Some people wish they were older, and they're afraid of being young. Oh, I'm going to be this age forever. No, you're not. Just give it a couple of years, and you'll really appreciate it. So many people are afraid of the future. God wants us to embrace every season that we're in and get everything that he wants us to get out of it. You're never too old to do anything. You're never too young to accomplish anything. I'm just telling you. We're talking God who made us all and, and he knows about all the different ages. And he created us with purpose and with a passion and has a destiny for you and I to fulfill in everything that we do. Some people are afraid of not enough. You know what the answer to that is? Thanking God every day. I live in more than enough. Thanking God every day for the wisdom and understanding. Thanking God for the right people to come across your path to teach you things that you need to know. It's not money. If, you're, if you have no money, getting money is not your answer. Getting wisdom and understanding it how to deal with money and having that understanding in a way that it empowers you to have many things and know what to do with it. Because if it's just all about you and you're just going to squander it on you, then all kinds of things out there are going to work against you to try to rob you and steal from you. 
but not with God. Some people, some people are afraid of too much money. The last five or six years of Howard Hughes's life was, well, the last couple of years was spent in a bathroom. A few years before that was spent in his house. Had so much money he thought he was afraid everybody was going to steal it from him. Fear of too much money. I've seen older people from years ago, like my, my, my wife's grandparents or her grandfather was afraid to go to the big city. Lived in a country town, farm, all that kind of thing. And he, was, he, he had this nervousness and fear about going to the big city. <clears throat> Why? Probably afraid of a car wreck and dying. Right? Fear. I'm, I'm just talking about not being critical of it because everybody's dealing with something. What God wants us to do is to realize we've got the victory in Christ. The victory's already under his feet. And we're his feet and hands in the earth, and he wants it under our feet, and we've got to live the rest of our lives that death cannot take us out. Physically, spiritually, in every way, soulishly, I don't care what it is, death will not take me out. Yeah, but Pastor, that seems contrary. Yeah, faith always does. Faith always goes against the system. Because I promise you, We've been programmed in this country to die. In the last few years, dealing with family members that have just extended family members on both sides of our family over the last probably 10, 15 years that have left here, I feel like prematurely, in dealing with a lot of that, this is what God's been saying to me. We've got to live our life like we will never die. Yeah, but Pastor, like, well, you know, what if you uh, leave here today and drive down the hill and somebody runs into you and you die in a car wreck? No. No. Can you have that confidence? Yes. Why? Because... For over 40 years, every single day, and I've never missed, I've thanked God that his angels encamp around about me. They protect me in all my ways. Myself, my family, you know, you all, everybody, especially over the last five years, I've prayed that over anybody that's part of gates of the city. Angels of God encamp around about us. They protect us in all of our ways. They bear us up in their hands, lest something could potentially happen. There's a lot of potential out there, but not with me. Now, is that convincing if I get loud enough and scream about it? But I don't need to scream. I'm just saying, I'm telling you what the Word says. I'm not saying that to you in pride, like I have some attitude that's no, that, that nothing's going to happen to me. If I don't have a relationship with God where I'm learning to walk in obedience to the Word, I'm left open like Adam was, and I'm left open like any other human being on planet Earth for things to happen. Obedience is the key. Did I say obedience or disobedience? Okay, but, but yeah. Did I say that right? Yeah, okay, I said that right. <laughs> All of a sudden I'm thinking, did I, did I reverse it? No, but no, I, but, but I, have, I have the ability to believe that every day of my life 
because I choose to walk in obedience. Do I do it perfectly? No. And someone says, yeah, but what, what if you didn't? See, people are looking for a, 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 an avenue for something, for, for his word to not work. But listen to me, his mercy and grace covers us. Who's perfect in here? Him. Nobody else. Him and him alone. Nobody else. What he says goes, goes. And I'm telling you today, I'm following him. He's the mark. He's the example. I want to be just like him. And I'm following that all the days that I'm on planet Earth. Somebody says, well, you know, I mean, eventually you're going to die. Okay, but who's to say I couldn't live 150 or 200 years? Now, you know, that kind of starts going, okay, now he's getting really stupid, you know. But, but you know, they said that the, that last lady that died at 100 and, what was she, 127? Remember the lady in somewhere? Um, she was like 127. Well, okay, she lived to be 127. It's not, about, it's not about the number. It's just about the attitude that I'm staying here because God needs me, and he needs me at every level. I'm, I'm not in high school anymore, okay? I'm not in college anymore. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not in my 30s anymore. I'm not in my 50s anymore, you know? I'm not, you know, I'm 82 now. No, I'm not. No, but, but now in this decade of my 60s that I'm in right now, it will be my best decade ever. See, because I, I'm not backing off, and, and, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to carry some some old mantle and, and stay old and old-minded and, you know, and, and everybody's just got to believe what I say. No, no, I'm, I'm embracing the youth and the younger people behind me and, and, say, and imparting these things that I have, but I want to see people rise up and fulfill their destinies. But I'm telling you, you need all ages. You need all the ages. You need to glean from all the different ages and, and no matter what. And I need to glean from the youngers, from the older than me. You can learn a lot when you're open and you learn to listen. And great things happen. Can you say amen to that? Fear of a virus. I'm telling you, what they're putting out there today about the coronavirus is the fear that you're going to die. And listen, people with pre-existing conditions in their bodies and that kind of stuff, they, 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 I totally understand it. But is it wrong for you and I to say that coronavirus is not taking me out? Is it wrong for you to say it's not taking you out? Just like some flu symptoms I had two or three years ago, it didn't take me out. And I resisted it, and it had to flee, and it left. Not the next day, but in about three days, it was gone. It's not taking us out. But through the media, they're trying to convince us this thing is going to kill you. No. Mm -mm. Nope. Sin, where is your sting? Death, where's your victory? Hell, where's the victory? There is no victory. We win if we do it his way. I'm telling you, we've already won, but we win in a manifested form in the earth if we do it his way.
We learn to walk in obedience on a day-to-day basis. How do you do that? By addressing disobedience in your life, no matter how long it takes. You know what? I'm, I'm just disobeying. Anybody ever been challenged on something like you're driving down the road, speed limit said 75, and you're going 92? And you're thinking, I mean, I'm talking about inside of you. There became a conviction, and you said, you know what? I'm actually disobeying the laws of the land. Right? I mean, I mean I, I'm, not, I'm not saying you do that because I do that. I'm saying you do that because the Holy Spirit would convict you. Just something like that. That's where it starts. When I put diso- little disobedient uh, opportunities to flight by obeying, it does something. It, it trains you in a way that causes you to be conscious to the things of the things of God because disobedience and obedience can't be brother and sister. They can't be husband and wife. They can't connect together. They can't be one. They're separate. And the way we do this, the way we overcome these fears in life and many others that I, that, that I could mention that I, that I didn't mention here, many others that God does not want us to give into and give any place to so the last scripture I had, and then I'm done. <clears throat> it's found in James 4, 6, and 7. Very familiar scripture. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, those who think they know better, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. How? By submitting to his word, humbling yourself and saying, you know what? I've done this for years. I need to stop this. I need to get over this. But you'll only do that when you know how much God loves you. And he's able to talk to you like a father and tell you you need to make changes. If you don't know him like that, and if somebody says something to you and you get offended, if somebody tells me something that I know is, is wrong in my life, if that offends me, there's something wrong with it. doesn't mean I have to like it and I have to take it necessarily if they said it with a bad attitude. And what, what, but if, if something you know you're doing wrong, if that, if that upsets you, then just deal with it. Because it's the truth. And when you begin to deal with it and you begin to walk in obedience to the things of God's word, you're so open in your relationship with him to do everything that he wants you to do and that's where our victory comes from. He said, therefore, submit to God Resist the devil, and what happens? Bye-bye. Amen? He leaves. He goes. No authority, no dominion, no power, no nothing. Can you say amen today? God is true. And let God be true, and every man and every devil be a liar. I'm staying with God. Today I declare over each and every one of you that you are free from the fear of death. It has no dominion. We're living our lives here like we're going to live forever. Because you know what? After there is this, it's, it'll either be in this life or when Jesus comes back. You will leave this physical body. But that will be the last, if you want to call it, death that there is. Because you're living forever. Inside of you, you're already living forever. You're living for eternity. If you're born again, you're eternity for heaven. If you're not, you need to get that way. Who wants to live somewhere else other than heaven? Not me. Amen.